We're only a few days into 2021, and already we've got a reopening announcement, magic band upcharges, and big changes for certain Disney hotel guests. That and more, all on today's Park Hop. Hello, and welcome to the Great Park Hop. My name is Julian James, and continuing to join us live from the Hall Cave, where holiday cheer is still hitting on all cylinders, the man the myth the legend, Henry Hall. Happy New Year, everybody. Every other week we get together to discuss the latest and greatest theme park news happenings and burning topics from the lands of Disney, Universal, and beyond. Before launching into things, we always like to note that Henry works at the Walt Disney Company. As always, though, his opinions are fully his own. Henry Hall. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. <laughs> so I've got to ask, Henry, what is your 2021 resolution? Uh, I don't actually usually do re- resolutions for the year. It's just uh, to keep on and to stay healthy. Man, that's a good resolution. There's no problem with that. Who's going to hate on, on keep on and stay healthy? <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, I might also like uh, try to finally like uh, start working out again, but you know, the current situation, I can't get to my gym, so oh, that's a tough one. <laughs> I, I think I think that's mine as well for sure, <laughs> but but uh, but that may be challenging because I've got another big New Year's resolution that is kind of in direct conflict with this. You tell me, but. Uh, but my New Year's resolution that I'm making this is for Disneyland when it reopens in 2021 because it will reopen this year. doesn't feel like it, but it will. In a single day, I want to drop into each and every dining spot within Disneyland Park and consume one thing off the menu. What do you think about that, Henry? That's an amazing resolution. <laughs> but yeah, well, I mean, honestly, like considering how much i mean it would be bad for that time frame but in the long haul <laughs> i think you'll be fine but yeah that's that would be amazing so the few the few kind of stipulations at least thus far right now uh, uh, no character dining or specialty menus i'm not i'm not i'm not going for any of that uh no snack carts or fruit stands uh, it's just that's a little too much for me to sign up for and then drinks don't count unless it's a signature item so obviously like uga's cantina uga's cantina however you pronounce that uh it makes sense like a drink would count on the menu there uh or like the milk stand a drink counts but uh but outside of that like i can't i can't escape with just like i'm just gonna have a coke doesn't doesn't work that way. Yeah, I can see that. That makes sense. Uh, because yeah, that that wouldn't be that like a, a coke or something. That's not a like you're not getting something specific from that location. But with the milk count cart, I mean, would that count as a as a destination eatery? Just because, I mean, even though it is a little, it's it's kind of one of those places that's a doesn't quite fit the cart but it's definitely not a sit down location type sitting so are you saying that you want you're only counting sit down locations uh, no it's like uh, so i think that that was a borderline one for me the milk mm. stand because it you could that could qualify as like a snack stand right mm-hmm. but uh but i think it is like unique and it's in it is its own kind of quick service really so I'm I'm gonna count it. And it's like I don't I don't think it's gonna tip the scale one way or another. Like I don't think I'm gonna hit a stopping point and be like, man, I wish I wouldn't have had that blue milk. <laughs> At least no more than no more than I always feel that way. <laughs> I'm not a fan. But uh but I think I don't I don't think I don't think it's gonna move the needle too much either way. So why not? Yeah, I mean totally. I mean it, it does kind of like it is one of those things that's not quite a i mean it's quick service but it's it's not quite really like since it really only offers like i think they only do what those 
three drinks there. Um, they had the, well, at least last time I think we were there, they had the, uh, the blue, the green, and then they had like a mango and yeah. that was it. <laughs> so, but, um, but yeah, like you said, it is, it is specially, so it is like something specific and you can only get it there. So I could see that counting, but would that count? Would yeah. you consider that the pineapple, uh, cart for the, uh, pineapple juice and all that stuff as as something you're going to go to too for, for the, the dole, dole whip? whip yeah or i mean you could get dole whip or you could get the other pineapple juice and stuff there too yeah i would you're right that's another kind of borderline thing to me that is it, it is a stand by default mean, by definition it's a snack stand but i'm going to count that i think that i think i have to throw that into the mix, right? Like I feel like if I've gone through all of this and I haven't had a dull whip or a dull float, uh, I feel like I would feel like a failure. Uh, the reason I say that is because, yeah, you can get dull whip there, but now they have that, uh, the new area right next door and they have the different flavors of dull whip. Oh, the tropical hideaway. That's what yeah. the, the one. Yeah. Off of and, uh, Tiki room. Yeah. So, Technically, are you going to count those two as one or mm. are they going to count them as two separate things? I think so. <laughs> it's been, it's a good question. I, this, these are the details that really matter. This is why I want us to discuss this with you. We've got a few months, I, I feel like, at least before, you know, we've really got to formulate our plan here. But, um, I feel like if I remember correctly from Tropical Hideaway, you're right that they do have unique kind of dual whip uh, menu items. Do they have the singular dual whip and dual float? That I don't remember. Or is that only at the specific stand? I think that's or, only at the specific stand because I think the flavors yeah. that they carry at the Tropical Hideaway is... is uh, are, I think they have like a last I can remember is I think they had an orange and they had a raspberry, I think. Because um, we never, like, it was just recently open before. And while we walked down there, I think I just bypassed it anyways because you can get the Dole Whip stuff from. I don't. Oh, they might have had a mango. They might have had a mango. Maybe not. I don't know. So. I, I, I can confirm. <laughs> I'm looking I'm looking at the menu right now. Yeah, it's, and it's changing too, right? Like it's always seasonal, yeah. so makes it hard. Um, but yeah, I'm looking at the menu right now, and I can confirm right now that they do have dull float. They do have the dull float and the dull whip listed. So oh, okay. it is there. I, I feel like I have to count them as two different things. Hmm. That's my that's my initial feeling towards it. I'm not saying it's gonna it's going to remain that way, but I feel like at the end of all of this, if I am to walk away from Tropical Hideaway and the Dole Whip stand, having only consumed a Dole Whip, I feel like I'm shortchanging everybody and myself. Especially myself. Yeah, because uh, they Tropical Hideaway has a lot of other stuff other than than uh, Dole Whip. I mean, I think they had like a at one point. I think they had like a dessert lumpia there, which I think was yeah. It was interesting because uh, uh, Lori was kind of like that is sacrilege because. She loves lumpia, but I think it had pineapple in it or something, which she doesn't like pineapple. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so it was like she wants to have it, but because it has uh, pineapple in it, it's a no-go. <laughs> yeah, I think I tried that and I was kind of, it was kind of eh. I mean, I feel like that was the case with most of the stuff at the Tropical Hideaway outside of the Dole Whip selections. Everything was kind of like a, I think I tried. They have bows, you know, they have steamed buns. Mm -hmm. We're all okay. They have like a chilled ramen shaker that was okay. 
but it's more of like, that's like, that's all atmosphere there, right? You're kind of like right at the, the landing for Jungle Cruise. You've got the animatronic uh, parrot that's sitting there talking to everybody. It's just good times. Yeah, I mean, I think too. It it, it probably is in in the case of the tropical hideaways. That stuff probably is a lot better if you haven't had, you know, potentially something similar and maybe even better. Considering like you know we do have uh, San Francisco and you have like really good bow around around you. So it's, <laughs> if you never had any and you're coming from like someplace that probably doesn't have a lot of that type of stuff, then it's probably really good. Yeah. <laughs> but it's true. Uh, all right. So just to, just to put all of this into perspective again, new year's resolution here, eating at all of the quick service, sit down dining establishments all in a single day, ordering one and consuming, not just ordering, consuming one menu item from each of these places. So we have Alien Pizza Planet, Mangle Barbecue, The Blue Bayou Restaurant, Cafe Orleans, Carnation Cafe, Clarabelle's, I'm gonna count that, Daisy's Diner, Docking Bay 7, French Market, Galactic Grill, Gibson Girl, Golden Horseshoe, Harbor Galley, Hungry Bear Restaurant, Jolly Holiday. I'm throwing cat sockas out. Doesn't count. That's a popcorn stand. It's a highly themed popcorn stand. That's a snack cart. We're not counting that. Maurice's Treats. I am going to count that. Mint Julep Bar. I am going to count that. Milk Stand. I am going to count that. Oga's Plaza Inn. Pluto's Doghouse. Rancho Del Zocalo. Red Rose Tavern, Refreshment Corner, Riverbell Terrace, Ronto Roasters, Royal Street Veranda, Stage Door Cafe, Tiki Juice Bar, Tropical Hideaway, Troubadour Tavern. I'm actually having second thoughts now that we went through that list. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that seems like a lot of places. Uh, That's a lot of places. Uh, I mean... Imagine you'll have time. You, you have you're not going to do them all in the same day, but uh, no, no. I realize all in the going same through day. that <laughs> that's impossible. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like so. I, this is something we'll work out. I, I I feel like I can still work out the details. My initial thought process was okay. You know your core meals through the day. Try to make that at places. Obviously that. Take reservations. Don't go too heavy on on any particular item, right? So, like, I'm not going to order, like, a huge steak or, like, you know, I'm not going to order the, uh, um, I'm not going to order the Monte Cristo. <laughs> it's just, it's not going to happen for this goal. That's a game ender right there, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it depends on who you're with. No, it, it depends on, like, like Henry the idea, Hall. I'm with Henry Hall. If if there's, I mean, because th- that's a shareable, so like we always get like one and we share between two of us. If you even have more people with you, you could still get it because that comes in like I think four pieces. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to. Remember. I still feel like man. I'm that is even one piece of that is danger with everything else that is being consumed quite possibly in that day. But it's like, you know, if, um, at like a Bengal barbecue is easy, right? It's just Mm. a skewer. Easy. Alien pizza planet. Also easy. You could just do like a salad that counts. Count it. Right. I actually love my salad. I got there. There you go. There you go. Blue Bayou. Probably got to get creative. Cafe Orleans. I'm completely happy just getting by on an order of those palm frites. Totally cool with that. Yeah. So it's like, or they, last time I think we went there, I think they might've even had the shrimp and grits, uh, which 
if they still have that, that's fairly light. Oh man, those grits though. Those grits hit hard. Mm, yeah, I mean they depending on they don't give you that much that it it but yeah, I know. I know <laughs> they can sit in your stomach like a rock. Uh Henry, but, <laughs> you're gonna kill me here. Henry, you're trying to help me succeed. What are we doing? Well, I, at least in like uh yeah, I mean yeah, you're gonna have to be strategic. Like at uh, Blue Bayou, <laughs> if you if you get like yeah. say a fish, get the fish. Yeah, uh, right. That would probably be good. Or you could try get the jambalaya, but I don't know. That might still be a bit. Everything else though, yeah, right? Uh, but yeah, it's tough. Like right, you'd have to go in with a good strategy. I, I, I think there's a path here. And, you know, by the time, in the time it's going to take to eventually get down to Disneyland for us, I think we got a little time to uh, to workshop <laughs> this. But but there we go, man. So, like I said, uh, might derail the whole get back in shape, start eating a little healthier. Might be a challenge with this. I Let's think see. you'll be fine because it's, it's a... You know, it's a special event, and as long as it's not like something you're doing continuously, and you are walking quite a bit in the end of the day, I mean, it's not really. Good. I mean, walking is will help, but it's not. But it's it's really not going to to do. I it's think you're like a hundred thousand calorie day. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. So, yeah. we'll see. See how this one goes. <laughs> the point is is I think it, I think you'll be fine if you're like if you get to a point where you're working out and you get your metabolism like burning and then when you get there you'll be eating and stuff but because you've been already working out to the point where you're naturally just burning more calories because you boosted your metabolism you should be good. Yeah question is do you start heavy or do you you don't end heavy right uh that's a tough one i think it depends on the circumstances and what you're planning on doing i think you kind of i think you do your you start light and then you probably want to end a little bit lighter in the day you want to have your heavier stuff maybe kind of in in the middle of the day so you're kind of still moving around and doesn't get you you definitely don't want it at the beginning of the day. No. Yeah, that's true. I like the idea of like starting with like over at uh maybe starting with like Galaxy's Edge, hit up a uh hit up like a breakfast Ronto wrap and then head right into Oga's after that and get like a, a nice stiff breakfast cocktail, just kind of get things moving. Sounds good. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know if you want to have sausage and then have like a a cocktail after that. The grease mm. might not mix well with that, but you could get the uh my favorite that yogurt uh, parfait from uh, uh Oh, that's true docking bay 7, yeah. yeah. That's good. So, I think you know, I think they have that at uh I think that is technically on the menu at uh, Ronto Roaster. So you yeah. could count that for either. Look at that. A little strategy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the uh it was funny cuz uh I think uh we we finally f- took a look at that uh they released that um Galaxy's Edge recipe book. Oh yeah. And we were at uh, Barnes and Noble and uh and Lori took a look at it and she was she was excited, then disappointed, because they had the Ronto wrap on there, but it was different. It was obviously not the same because I think it called it called for chorizo, and oh come on, they don't use chorizo in the Ronto wrap. So figure they they don't have like the actual ingredients because a lot of those are like you can't get uh, because they're proprietary from like from some uh distributor just like how uh my sister wanted to get me the uh, vienna pickles for christmas uh but they don't sell to like you know commercially they you have to you uh, well they only sell 
commercially. They only sell to restaurants and stuff. If you want to get them, you have to get like a huge amount. And she didn't want to get something like that. It's just not like something you can walk into the store and get. And I think that's probably why they avoided that. But Right. <laughs> so it definitely could be that, though. I do think that whoever is in charge of kind of public facing Disney recipes is definitely intentionally throwing in some curveballs because, you know, while Disneyland and the parks just in general, Disney World, all the parks were closed with the uh, with these closures, you know, they were coming out with pretty regularly different kinds of recipes from the park so that you could recreate things at home. And, you know, uh, at first it was really exciting until you started to notice that, yeah, they were not the real recipes from the park. It was like an interpretation from somebody at Disney that they had done because, I mean, the most egregious one was like the Dole Whip asked for, it was like vanilla you know, it was like vanilla ice cream or something like that. Vanilla ice cream. And I believe Dole Whips are vegan. Mm. And so people immediately caught on to that and were like, wait yeah. a second, hold on. Not vegan. So it's not really a Dole Whip. Uh, so, yeah, that's surprising. <laughs> it's like the reason that you get that book is because you want to make a Ronto wrap at home, right? <laughs> or Or whatever. Fill in the blank item that you really enjoy in the park. Not like inspired by the Ronto rap. It's like, no, no, I want a Ronto rap. <laughs> it seems like seems like that's the easier thing to do than to like get yeah. super creative and start throwing in chorizo because there's no chorizo. Yeah. And uh and I just can't see how like that would even be a good swap out just because chorizo can be very like yeah. oily and greasy. And the Ronto rap is not that at all. So it, it just didn't even seem like it was a good swap out at that. I mean, it was basically uh, the book went from being like awesome to like, whoa, this is a no go. Oh. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, we'll see, man. It's, uh, you know, I like to shoot for the stars and this is definitely, it's definitely a big one. We'll see how it works. I could, I could, completely fail out and flame out here i Ooh. could completely triumphantly succeed here but we'll see it's going to be quite the year to test this out i feel like this is really the year to do it because eventually when disneyland does open they much like disney world has been doing they're gonna they're gonna press mobile ordering so hard for all of these places that it won't require me to like wait in line for a really long time. Right. I could be halfway across the park making my way towards Bengal barbecue and I could have my order in and ready by the time I get there, because that's, that's also a big part of the challenge, right? It, as you pointed out, you cover a lot of ground. And so if I'm stopping at each one of these places, it's just a lot of time, right? Like time will not be my friend especially if we're going to have modified park hours when things open up. It's not going to be open like late into the night, most likely. So that timing is going to be critical. Man. Yeah. And because of that too, you're going to have, we're, you're really going to have to plan that out because you're going to be so full by the end of the day. Just thinking back to the, Oh, it's going to be bad. Just thinking back to the, uh, the food, the food and wine festival at, uh, at California Adventure, I was like, you know, I had, I think I had at least six, five or six tickets left. And, and those servings are very, are fairly small. And I was like super full by the end of the day. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm going to have to like fast beforehand. I might have to walk down to Anaheim <laughs> from uh, the Bay Area. If, it, if it's you and me, and Lori doing this, I might have to like recruit you guys to be runners for food from like other places that I'm not able to get to so that we can like meet in the center. Like, is that, does that, I feel like that hits the spirit of the, of the challenge here of the, uh, of the resolution. Yeah. I think, uh, I think the point is, is to, 
is to actually eat the food. It's not that you have to actually get it yourself. But I think the problem, the only problem I see with something like doing that is that if if we're getting the food for you, we're moving, you need to be moving to get that stuff to work its way down. <laughs> oh, that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, logistics, man, we got to figure a lot out here, but, uh, but, but yeah, you know, we, we shoot for the stars here. This is the, this is the, we're not going to let, we're not going to let these closures get in the way of the year of dreams here. 2021. Yeah. We can make it happen though. I think, I think it's, that's doable. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. Buckle up everybody. This being 2021, the updated new and improved year of dreams uh you know with uh with each new year we we have a few new changes and some of them are good some of them are bad and and like i said at the top we're, we're we just started the year and in between our episode 2 weeks ago and this new spanking new episode here on the 3rd of january we've already got some pretty significant movement going on at both Disney World and Tokyo Disney, some of which may be a bit of a sign of things to come, some of these other Disney parks that we're talking about. So as as is always the case, things are being tested out, things are being trialed. We saw this with Shanghai, with this, with the reopening of all the parks. They tested out all of these new health and safety procedures before rolling it out everywhere else. So it's, uh, you know, it's w- small little changes in one place could, lean t- could lead to big things elsewhere. But first up, we've got Disney confirming Blizzard Beach, one of the two of their Orlando parks. That'll be opening on March 7th. Don't have a ton of details, but we do know that, yeah, they're going to continue to honor those unused tickets through 2021 and it also lines up with universal announcing within the last couple of days here that volcano bay which had initially reopened with all of the universal orlando parks then reclosed that's going to reopen sometime in march as well so all of those water parks at least at least uh blizzard bay and sorry, Blizzard Beach, at least Blizzard Beach and Volcano Bay are going to be open. Still no word on Typhoon Lagoon, but both parks are going to have some water park presence. Uh, what's your feeling on going to a water park in, in March these days, Henry? That's, I don't know. It seems kind of not ideal <laughs> um i think it it depends yeah. on how far we get as far as vaccinations go um i just i also wonder about even though it's it's florida the weather's usually pretty good but i don't know there could be there could be weather issues there too ish but i think it's more i'd be more concerned about uh how far we're we're along and uh with vaccinations, but although uh, in March, I think you don't have a lot of uh, big holidays in between there. So hopefully we'll get down because uh, after the holidays is the worst time. We always have a spike in COVID cases, which we're seeing now. But uh, with that, you know, we'll have that, that time period, I guess at least after maybe i mean we may have a spike after the super bowl but there isn't a lot mm, well we'll have something after easter as well but uh, yeah it'll be interesting to see kind of the logistics of everything opening up right because when volcano bay first opened i do remember there being a few reports of it being like eh, it's a little it's a little dicey if only because you know they're obviously you're not required masks once you're kind of like on the slides, waiting around for slides. Uh, if you're just like lounging, you are required to wear a mask. But I mean, I've, it wouldn't make any sense in the world to be requiring masks. I, I don't know how you could do that. So of course, they're not going to do that. Uh, you know, if you're actively participating in in any of the water park attractions. 
but uh but yeah man so it's like if if the if the capacity is small enough so that you're never waiting around other people then okay but uh but yeah man i mean i don't know i'm i'm i still get a little jumpy when i see someone walking close to me without a mask on so you know the idea of being at a water park where neither of us are masked even if we are social distanced and we're about to enter like a potentially enclosed water slide and that makes me a little little jumpy anyway so it'll be it, it, it will be interesting to see just how they organize all of that right so um but regardless the 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 targeted timed slow reopening of Disney World anyways is uh marches on and i guess we're one step closer to Orlando being back to normal as well so that's uh that'll be interesting we'll see in march how all of that goes also if you remember there was that announcement last year that magic bands were no longer going to be complimentary and we're starting to see that right now so currently you book a package at Walt Disney World, uh, they're no longer asking you to select your complimentary magic band. They present you with your screen of, hey, if you want a magic band, these are what your options are. And the kind of plain colored magic bands that were previously the ones that were complimentary and you could select, and they would be sent to you right before your vacation, free of charge. Those are now $5 as a special pre-order price. And the standard price that they're listing is $15. So they are promising that a lot of those features that used to come with Magic Bands um, is now going to be incorporated into the app. So maybe that's good. Maybe that's bad. If you're if you're if you're a Disneyland person, that's always how it's been. We've never had Magic Bands, so this is uh, this is kind of the the, the norm for us. But uh, but yeah, man, I I, I found that kind of a uh, a bummer now that that was uh that's actually happening it was felt like you know even for even for this last disney world trip that didn't happen it was kind of a cool thing to go ahead plan your trip do everything and then you know like a month before you were gonna leave you get this like cool little box that has all of your magic bands it has like this cool image on the inside and it's kind of like a primer to get excited start getting going you know what i mean like it's like that that kind of nice little special touch at the beginning of things to set things off is uh it's no longer a thing it's it's i don't know kind of disappointing i mean it's it's definitely a a a nice keepsake that you get at the beginning to kind of just like this is something that you're getting for this time you know you get you get it gets you excited i mean we we don't get that here for disneyland i think for us when i used to go through uh the disney to get uh my reservations and stuff they sent us like a luggage uh little luggage uh, uh, uh name tags for your luggage and then yeah. they definitely while it's cool it's definitely not as cool as uh as having uh the the uh whatchamacallit the actual magic band i mean we do get they do give you like they did give us a like a a pass so you could pick up a a lanyard a free lanyard to do pin collecting and i don't know if they do that for your trip to walt disney world as well but that was something that they did do for disneyland um Mm. i didn't get that for disney world okay yeah, they gave us like a, they would give us like a little coupon book and you could go turn in the coupons at certain places that would give you like freebies or a discount. And then one of them was like a, was the uh, a free lanyard uh, for pin collecting. And it was always kind of the same, but it gave you the lanyard uh, and a, a free pin for that year. So that. Yeah. And of course, it totally worked because now Lori's into collecting the pins and stuff, and she has like, like three or four lanyards at this point, full of pins. Mm. So it worked. It's those it's those cool little touches though that like it, I feel like you know for anyone not expecting them, you probably won't even notice it. But yeah, I don't know. It's, it's it, we're probably going to just start seeing a little bit less of all of that, right? 
Yeah, but yeah, it's unfortunate. They'll they'll figure something else out. Maybe you'll get a coupon book for buying other stuff. And I guess five it's what five dollars for the magic bands. That's not yeah. too terribly much. So no, especially if you're going to Disney World or Disneyland. Well, Disney World, you're probably expecting to pay a lot more. So. Five dollars is <laughs> yeah, it's true. The the upcharges are expected in that case, but uh, you know, like I think you, your point when it comes to I think you were making this point a while ago about uh, fast pass at Disneyland, but it's a similar kind of thing where you know you got a family of four or a family of six that starts stacking, right? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> well, we'll see. It'll be interesting to see how some of that functionality is built into the app. Uh, Kind of like the idea of, especially nowadays, of, uh, you know, uh, my magic band being the thing that comes into contact with all these other, you know, with with these touch points that all these other people are touching, as opposed to my phone. Mm. I feel like my phone is filthy enough as it is. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but... You know, I guess if they're if they're providing enough like sanitary wipes, then oh no, I think uh, I, th- I think Magic Band that's that's kind of part of the experience using your phone that that's a using your phone feels like a workaround for me and i would rather have the magic band experience at that point i i i agree if only because it's like it it kind of plays into this idea that the outside world sort of melts away right yeah you're not you, you don't have to keep checking your phone in fact you know, if you're if you're a crazy person, you could probably leave your phone at the hotel, though. I don't know anyone that's going to do that. Mm-hmm. But uh, but, you know, <laughs> you can at least leave your phone in the backpack and not be constantly having to take it out. It's just like it's on your, you know, if, um, for a magic band, it's on your wrist. So you can just use that everywhere. All of your fast passes are linked to that. Your entries linked to that. Uh, yeah, it's just it's just a convenience factor. So, you know, in that case, like maybe that's worth five dollars. It probably is. Like, would I still do it? Yeah, I still have my I still have my magic band that I guess I can use for as long as the battery works, which I guess is like two uh, years. So, or you could become a new magic band collector and <laughs> get new ones oh, yeah. each time. Well, you know that that's you know that that's happening. I mean, they've got the <laughs> if you go and you select your magic bands. You know, you can select the stuff that they have there for you. They they give you a smaller selection, but you could also just go to Shop Disney and then buy Magic Band from there and link your reservation details there. Mm-hmm. And it's like they've got so many and tons of them are like limited editions. So, of course, there's a whole secondary market for all of that. Of course. Yeah. I just wonder if like is like a. Is 2020 or is a 2021 going to be a more exclusive type thing? You're going to want something like that to, like, I made it to the park in 2021, or <laughs> yeah, I couldn't go to the park. They in need 2020. that. <laughs> <laughs> I know they need that. That needs to be a design, right? <laughs> yeah, I went to Disney World in 2021. Uh, yeah, that uh, that would be cool. I'm down with that. And then, uh, and then continuing down Upcharge Boulevard here, we've uh, we've got a pretty wild announcement out of Tokyo Disney. So beginning February twentieth and going through March thirty first, each of the four uh, on-site resorts are going to be testing out a paid early entry ticket for hotel guests. So the uh, the price is currently listed at around twenty nine dollars US. And gives hotel guests uh, an extra hour in the morning to access the park. So I think right now the parks are posted to open at nine. So you would get access at eight. Um, and and this kind of is a, re- I don't know if it's a replacement per se, but, but they previously, before all of these closures happened, they had a system called the, uh, the Happy 15 entry for hotel guests and it was complimentary previously but it basically gave hotel guests 15 extra minutes uh, in the morning to enter the parks before everyone else and it doesn't sound like that much but at a uh, at a park like Tokyo Disney that is pretty much always slammed uh that 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 first kind of uh fast pass that you get and that first 
the first few rides that you can knock out as soon as possible is like it sets the pace for the entire day. So if you're able to ride like one of those like super popular rides like Honey Hunt or, you know, uh, Journey to the Center of the Earth or one of those and then get a fast pass for another super popular ride like uh, Monsters, Inc. or uh, uh, Monsters, Inc. or like Toy Story, Midway Mania or something like that, then, dude, your day is set. You're, you're in a good place by the time that the parks open. So 15 minutes is critical. An hour is like out of control critical. So, um, so we have no word if that happy 15 entry system, we have no word if that's coming back or not, or if this new early entry system that's paid is just going to replace it. It seems like that would be the case. <laughs> I don't know why they wouldn't <laughs> do that, but, uh, but the question really is, I mean, it feels like when I read this, it was like, of course, this is going to start coming to all of these other parks that we uh, that are around the world, including the U.S. parks. Everybody has kind of their own system based off of um, everyone has their own system just based off of kind of the general population and who visits the parks and when. Like in Shanghai, it's 30 minutes early and, you know, Disneyland kind of rotates, but it's, I think it's also an hour early, right? Yeah. I think that's right. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it, Disneyland is an hour early as well. And then uh, Disney World has a few different systems, some of which is open to hotel guests, some of which is paid access. But anyway, do you feel like this is something that could come to these other parks as well, Henry? Is this something that you share? Um, it's going to be, that one is tricky. I, while I think in Tokyo, that makes more sense. And, uh, and I definitely don't see it going away. I don't know how I definitely could see them bringing it over. I don't know how well accepted that will be. Um, because I think one of those, one of the selling points for them, for the to stay on one of their on-site hotels, is the fact that you do get this kind of like, this is one of those things that you get the early access to, especially at like uh, in Disneyland where uh, they're not giving you as much as I think you get when you go to Walt Disney World. Uh, and it's like way more expensive at Disneyland to stay. Oh yeah, so I think this would be a, a much harder sell here in uh, for Disneyland, um, and I think it kind of goes against you know Magic Kingdom as well, just because that's one of their selling points of to stay at their their local hotel. So I don't know. It's, it's I could see them trying to, but I don't know if that's. Uh, uh, would be a wise move at this point. Um, and it makes perfect sense for, for Tokyo Disney, just because that, like you said, that park is always slammed. Um, and I could see maybe they do, they could potentially do try and do something where they do like a, like a peak season or, pricing maybe i don't know uh i think it would have to get reworked a bit at least for uh for if they brought it here to the u.s uh but uh, right but i don't know yeah uh, and well no go ahead sorry at this point i think anything is possible yeah yeah for sure they're 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 definitely looking for ways to uh to maybe eke out a little extra of uh, a little extra change from everybody. I, I do think so. You, you're probably right. And I think that makes sense. And it is also the reason why you currently, we don't have a consistent uh, policy and a consistent system across all of the board, right? Because each park is unique in terms of what they're offering, what the, what the proposition, what the value is. Um, so you're probably right that it, it, you're not going to see something across the board like that. It, it does seem, though, and it does raise the question and the possibility of, like, do you think then 
maybe what we'll see rather than like just paid early access will just be paid uh, even more paid opportunities to kind of stay and experience the park at odd hours. So, you know, we, we kind of started seeing this at Disneyland with our after hours parties that we, that we started seeing with, you know, villains and Valentine's day. What was it like? Uh, I don't know. They had cute names for it, but like Pixar Fest and mm-hmm. all of these, uh, they were going to do a Star Wars night. Uh, so they just have these opportunities where it's like, hey, oh, what was it like 90s, 90s night? That was a fun one. Um, so, yeah, they they have these opportunities where it's like, hey, if you want to come out, you want to spend it was like 80, 90, 100 dollars a ticket, um, you know, come and, and spend that and you'll get a few extra hours late into the park. Uh and Disney World has a similar thing. They already have, and they've had a paid um, extra hours kind of a, a thing, though it's not necessarily tied. I mean, neither of these are tied specifically towards hotel guests, but I could see there just being more opportunities for paid access. Like that seems like that seems like something that they could do. It's it's not super disruptive, right? <laughs> because yeah. it's like. All they're doing is extending maybe hours a little bit more. Uh, it doesn't necessarily need to be as like hyper specific and focused and produced because those, you know, certainly those uh, those after hour parties at Disneyland were like very well produced, uh, and there was a lot of like very specific things that they were doing and planning around that. It doesn't even need to be that. It could be like, hey, uh, for an extra like thirty five forty dollars, you can enter the park. Uh, you know, uh, at like 7 a.m. or something like that, right? Or 6 a.m. or whatever. Um, and it doesn't have to be much other than just access. Because I think there will, there, I think especially after all of these closures, certainly at Disneyland, even at Disney World still, uh, I think there's a lot of people chomping at the bit that probably would pay more, right? Well, I, th- I think, yeah, I think that's, you know, I think... That is a thing that could potentially happen. I think the after hours type things, I think, make more sense, though, because um, I think the after hours uh, events that they do, I think we will see more of those type events happening just because I think they can, one, they can put those on during off-peak days and stuff, and people will still come to them. and. And they're also something that you can sell to, you're not going to just get hotel guests, you can sell it to everybody. So it, it, it appeals to more than just, you know, you get a bigger uh, group of people uh, buying into it. Plus you can, you can sell more of it because if you're just getting people into the park early, uh, Potentially, like stands aren't opening, aren't open yet. So people are just going on rides. You're not selling a lot, I don't think, at that point. Um, so with the after hours, you get people in and they're buying stuff. Then there's specific, specific stuff for that event that you can sell. So it makes more money on top of the money you're making from the, the ticket. Where as far as like just letting people in earlier, um, I think that will sell better on during maybe the peak season, but maybe off peak, it may not sell as good. And, uh, and you're also not making money on top of the ticket alone. Uh, I do believe it. Yeah. I think you're right. It is an easy, uh, kind of like easy money because you're not really putting much into it, but you do have to have the park open earlier for these people. And if, you're not selling a lot of these tickets. Uh, you do have manpower you're you're spending money on. So there is that balance. Whereas if you're doing an after hours, you already have those people there. And so it's not necessarily opening up earlier. You're just staying open later. And you can actually gauge a little bit beforehand how it's going to sell and how it's going to do. And you're making more money on top of that. But... I don't sure. know. At this point, you never know. <laughs> All options are on the table. Yeah. Here we go, Henry. Would you attend a after hours 
Tron Knight. But everyone that shows up has to be in costume. <laughs> uh, well, I would want to attend, but I don't have a Tron costume, so uh, you gotta you gotta figure that out. Uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> at that point well i mean i guess technically it depends on what con- it constitutes as a tron costume it could be uh flynn program. before he goes to go into- as a program <laughs> you don't want to see me in the tron guy costume man <laughs> you're telling me you'd skip out on tron after hours just because you don't want to wear spandex well, I mean, it's more than I just don't want to wear it. I'd have to, you know, get an actual costume. And if I don't get a, I don't, I don't want to be that guy in the, like, the barely, I don't know. <laughs> there is something to be said in the bad Tron costume to, as well. But, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It's, it's one of those things. And it depends on what they're offering for the, for the uh, Tron night experience. Uh, it would be definitely tempting. Uh, but, I mean, you're also talking about there's no actual Tron ride at Disneyland. So. Well, I mean, they would put, I mean, you know, think of it as like 90s night or whatever it was, Sweetheart's night. Or, I mean, they definitely put a lot of effort into like, like I said, like 90s night was they brought out like all of these unique characters you haven't seen in a really long time. They had tons of photo opportunities. Uh, you know, they had all just sorts of just well-themed kind of stuff. So you're right. You wouldn't necessarily have a Tron ride, but the whole park would be like heavily themed Tron. Maybe some of the rides would have like, maybe, maybe like Space Mountain would have like, dude, by the way, now that I'm thinking about this, why isn't there a Tron Space Mountain overlay? Like, that seems like that's a slam dunk. They could do that super easily. Yeah, I don't know. I think, uh, I don't know why they haven't done that. It's it's one of those things where, like, So that's Tron... on the table. That's on the table for after hours Tron night. <laughs> I heard that during, when uh, the new Tron uh, opened uh, uh, in theaters, they did have a special, like, in... Uh, California adventure they during the the they had a kind of like a Tron light go across the uh the the roller coaster the uh at that point it was California screaming uh but they had like the lights go along like to make it look like the uh, Tron light cycle race that was the most that they ever did <laughs> they also had I was reading about this the other day and I had totally forgotten about this. I shouldn't even say I had totally missed this, but they did have in, uh, they did have in 2010, they had like a nighttime event called, what was it called? Oh, it was electronica at California adventure. And it was like a, it was like a nighttime event. Hmm. That might have been that would have been cool. That's probably the closest we'll ever get. <laughs> I wonder if that was something that they had and that morphed into like the uh, the um, call it the Mad Tea Party a little bit. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. So you're saying you would not have Lori make you a Tron costume? I would like to have Lori make a Tron costume, but I don't think she would ever get it done (laughs) oh no okay (laughs) well we can dream we can dream about henry and his tron costume at tron after hours i think there's better things to dream about (laughs) (laughs) well it is like that is so in thinking about kind of what uh kind of what those opportunities are i mean those after hours parties are so much fun and even even though, you know, even when you're not attending, just seeing kind of what they're pulling out and showing, like, you know, if they had the uh they had the Haunted Mansion 50th anniversary party. That was so awesome, man. They had so much cool stuff planned around that. Um and you know, it's uh you hope that a lot of those stuff a lot a lot of those events, I'm sure they will pick up 
once, you know, we start uh, getting past kind of the current, the current health uh, concerns, but, um, but yeah, like that, uh, those kinds of opportunities, not only do people eat up, but it's like the best of both worlds because it is like a totally extra incentive to kind of be around kind of some cool, new, well-produced stuff that maybe you wouldn't necessarily have access to otherwise. And honestly, you know, the, uh, the, anytime you can be in the park and it's like a ticketed event, you know, this very well, but, uh, you know, anytime you can be in the park during a special ticketed event where it's a smaller group of people that, uh, that are there for a very specific reason, whether it's like, you know, Halloween party or something like that, it always feels extra special. Yeah. And it, I tell you what, uh, last time we were there, um, we all saw like they were about to do uh, Pixar night and it was brutal because you could st- see them making the, uh, the, the special treats for that night. So they had like a special rice crispy treat, um, uh, Wally's and, uh, my sister and, uh, Lori wanted, wanted those, but they wouldn't sell it to you, even though you could see them making it. Oh, man, that <laughs> said, no, you have to come back for uh, Pixar night. <laughs> it was like, well, we're not going to be here for Pixar night and you're making them right here in front of us so we can see them, but we can't, yeah. we can't get them. I was like, that was mean. <laughs> Torture. <laughs> Torture. Yeah, that is, it's true. When you're on the outside looking in to those events, it's always the worst. Like uh, we definitely, Tristan and I have gone on one of the nights where it was like, a, it was at Mickey's Halloween. It was, it was, it was back when they used to do that. Well, I mean, obviously before Oogie Boogie Bash mm. at California Adventure, but it was, uh, it was Mickey's not so scary Halloween party. Is that, was that the Disneyland one? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, but we weren't, we didn't have tickets to go to the event. And so the park, you know, closes a little extra early. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so they shuffle you out there. <laughs> they oh, yeah. shuffle you right out the door. And they wave at you with that smile, and you're just like, man, sucks. Sucks to be on the outside looking in. Oh, yeah. That's always, like, that's always rough. And then you see these signs up, like, uh, you know, they're having a special event tonight, and so you're going to only be able to be in here till 6. There's whatever. I think it was 5 or 6. Yeah. I'll take my refund. I'll take my prorated refund uh, at the exit. Well, we'll see it. Uh, yeah, man, it'll be, it's, it, it's been an exciting start to 2021 here, man. It, uh, any day now, Henry, we're gonna, we're gonna get that Disneyland announcement, huh? <laughs> I don't think it's going to be any day. Uh, I still don't know like how that opening is going to wind up being. Cause uh, you know, once they do open, they're going to be doing that, like, uh, you know, restrictions on who can actually come into the park as far as, like, your area of restriction. You know, you can only come if you're within this uh, Los Angeles County area or whatnot. So, uh, yeah, man, it's uh, there's definitely still a lot of questions that we have to uh, we got to figure out with that, because, yeah, you could see how that could completely turned into a mess. And honestly, it's like, we're going to get to a point pretty soon here where, uh, anyone that had a, uh, anyone that had a annual pass, it's going to be expired. So everyone's getting major extensions here. So uh, who knows how they're going to handle that? Uh, yeah, I don't know, man. They did say they did have that D 23 post from Disney, uh, kind of listing out the, ride experiences that we'll all get to check out in 2021. And they did have both uh, Snow White and they did have Avengers Campus, both at Disneyland Resort. So they're still planning for it to open in 2021. I'm guessing that they don't know who's going to be there, (laughs) but the rides will be open. Yeah, it's... I'm thinking the opening will probably, yeah, it, 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 
it's going to probably be somewhere like late summer, maybe, if we're lucky. Mm. Yeah, we should uh, maybe in an upcoming episode we'll 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 we'll, we'll start doing bets. We'll start a betting special, <laughs> or just we'll bring back hot take hallway for uh, for an episode or two. <laughs> we'll see. Something to look forward to. Well, that just about does it for today. Remember, you can catch the Great Park Hop each and every other week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher or whatever your favorite podcast service just so happens to be. As always, if you made it this far, you're hopefully enjoying the podcast. So don't forget to subscribe, leave us a review, and hit that like button. That always makes Henry happy. This has been episode 43 of The Great Park Hop, and we'll catch you in two weeks. Until then, continue to stay safe and healthy, everybody. Henry, I'll talk to you soon, big guy. Who knows what's going to be happening in two weeks? Could be anything. (laughs) Peace out, everybody. Bye.